0: Welcome to the Political Party Pooper Playbook. And if you thought all we did was sit around thinking of ways to poop on empty suit politicians, well, you'd be half right. Welcome to the P4B. Today we'll talk about economics of discontent, fertility, Davos, and ChatGPT. This is episode 11, and this ought to be fun. Please do remember the P4B is still a new concept, and while the host is amazing and incredibly good-looking, we're slowly feeling our way through the haze to create the best format for you. So here's a change to how the format is delivered. I'm aggressively seeking sponsorship and affiliates to support the site. In the future... Paid subscribers will receive all the content ad-free. Free subscribers will receive the content while having the opportunity to interact with our fine sponsors. See how I did that? Interact with our fine sponsors. That's good PR. Before we get to the main event today, I'd like to tip my hat to Tucker Carlson. He proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that January 6th was a mini-riot that cooled immediately into a wandering tour of knuckleheads through parts of the Capitol building. He also demonstrated that an important part of the narrative, which actually made it into the Congressional report, was pure, intentional, undiluted bullshit. It showed a senator giving constituents a tour of the office building, not the Capitol building. And the report said he was helping these people case the Capitol building to plan the insurrection. This was an intentional smear to support a completely false narrative. True to form, the political skanks are circling the wagons to justify their two-year circus we've been subjected to regarding the mini-riot. They're trying their best to smear Carlson, who simply showed the videos and narrated what we were seeing. Nothing. And I have yet to see any evidence the idiot in the buffalo hat was a member of QAnon. Some articles say he claimed conspiracy theories that were similar to the ones you see in QAnon. I'm sure there are millions of people who talk of the deep state and stealing elections who don't have a clue as to what QAnon is. I don't know what QAnon is, really. I've searched it. I found a lot of people telling me what they think it is. But I've never found a site that says, we're QAnon, sign up here. So by continuing to use that label for him, in public may likely be the legal definition of slander. If you know anything that links him directly to the group, I'd love to hear from you in the comment section, and leave a link if you have one. And as I said before, the riot... Could have been squashed before it happened, but Pelosi refused the offers and recommendations to beef up the police. The mini-riot was her fault, and likely her desire. So that's the latest from Planet Crackpot. There is a weight loss product that's doing a roaring business right now. It seems like a no-brainer. It's called Alpilene. It does its thing by improving your metabolism. I'm not a a doctor, so I'll leave this particulars to them. But they are well well documented. Uh, So you won't get a supplement that says, take our stuff and do 500 sit-ups a day and get results. Uh, It comes with an ironclad 100% money-back guarantee So it's easy to try. Click the link in the text to see if you qualify for two bonuses, uh, two books. One is called One Day Detox Quick Start and the other is Renew You. Both are geared around creating a new, healthier, and less stressful life for you. It's called Alpilene. And I have yet another book open. I just picked up a copy of The Economics of Discontent. From Falling Elites to the Rise of Populism by Jean-Michel Paul. And you should too. I'll leave a button at the bottom of the text. Not only should you never pass on a free book for any reason, all knowledge is learning and therefore good, but I'm pretty sure we'll find much to discuss in the book which will both support and challenge my other substack, the Revolt. The support will be welcome. The challenge will sharpen the website's concepts and message. The Fallen Energy Revolt is my other substack. It promotes direct activism against stupidity like ESG and Davos and the destruction of our energy sector. I suspect from early reading, Paul will end up recommending solutions that contain some sort of socialist features to an otherwise free market. I could be wrong, but if that is the case, he will be advocating for a system we've lived under from 1913 until 2008. What I like about the book so far is the way Paul captures the present and recent past. He's concise and straightforward. As I got to the second or third segment of the first chapter, I was struck by a thought. I've been referring to Davos and the World Economic Forum Cabal as loonies and cultists, and I will continue to do so. Those are the clearest labels for the behavior we see, but more correctly, they are theater. Davos events, and even many of their organizations they've created, are theater in support of a false narrative. That would be the notion that the mission of Davos is in any way benevolent. But as I read today, it struck me that these loonies are creating an elitist economic enclave for themselves, not unlike that of the Romanov or Bourbon dynasties. Unlike French royalty, for example, the Davos loonies are trying to build their dynasty while the revolution against them has already started. Whether they succeed will be governed by a variety of factors. They believe they've got it all figured out. But just listening to the Davos cult this year, it is clear they are ignorant of what the common man needs or desires on a level that rivals even the most insular and inbred of royal families. Bill Gates really believes that we want to eat his bugs and corn Klaus Schwab really believes serving meat only to the rich people is morally right. Al Gore really believes blighting the American landscape with wind monstrosities is a good idea, in that it will line his pockets. And they really are cornering markets and creating crony entities to make it all happen. While history insists they will fail in the long run, How long a run do you propose we give them? This is not a rhetorical question. I am asking you, as you read or listen to this, how long do you intend to allow these loonies to go on with their dystopian nonsense? I will leave a stack of buttons you can use to fight back if you are ready. If we don't stop them now, the aristocracy they build will last for generations. With Big Tech being a charter member of this loony bin, I presently see no hope of getting out from under their thumbs once they're firmly ensconced in our national politics and governance. And believe me, they are very close to being just that. As we'll see in a minute, their answers are entirely the wrong answers for securing a better future for anyone but them. This is for woodworkers and people who love them. I've been making sawdust for 40 years. My first big wood project was a dining room table. It was the ugliest thing you ever saw. If you put a jug of milk on the table, everyone had to wait for the table to stop wobbling before they could eat. But I kept at it. Within a few years, I'd made an oak bedroom set, a four-poster bed with posts, and a complete living room set, all as gifts. I've made tons of yard games and smaller gifts over the years. I even earned an income from woodworking from time to time. I never mastered an organized approach to my projects. Most of my drawings were in my head, my cut calculations are crude, and what is on paper looks like cave drawings that only I can understand. So this year I'm going in a new direction. I will use Ted's Woodworking Resource. It's a massive collection of clean, concise plans, and hold you by the hand instructions. 16,000 plans. Whether you want to make the best gifts for people you love or you want to actually pursue woodworking as a living, this resource will provide you with the grounding, guidance, and work habits that will put your projects into overdrive. Less hassle, less cussing, if you're like me, and time saved. So woodworkers and soon-to-be woodworkers, scroll to the picture in the transcript and grab this lifesaver. Remember, these people are dope rich. I spoke on the revolt of small-scale do-gooders, the board, housewife, the trust fund baby, when they go all batshit about the big issue of the day that they rarely understand, they join organizations. They donate money, they hold bake sales, hold rallies, etc. And I said, Davos and the World Economic Forum are just massive versions of these do-gooder groups. But these are people with lots of money. They don't hold bake sales. They buy massive pieces of companies they can use in fascist coordination with governments to promote their warped agendas. Killing energy sectors, killing agricultural sectors, dominating information, buying politicians, right down to the municipal and county levels. Their cause is to line their pockets and create a planet in which they have unlimited power and wealth. They seriously want a global playground for themselves and their heirs where the rest of humanity Anyone who is not a member of the cult will serve them, meet their every need. Klaus Schwab has often outlined how he plans to educate the planet to be good little proles, obedient serfs. They say they wish to serve the planet, but truly, they are rearranging the furniture and living arrangements. So they live in the manor houses and you exist to eat bugs and serve the lords. There is so much wrong with all of this one is left frustrated where to start. So will the bugs taste like a Big Mac? Let's take one monumentally stupid idea. To make up for the destruction of our food supply, almost complete already, they want to supply you with your daily intake of protein with bugs. I swear, there's already a plant in place to process hundreds of billions of bugs per year to create food for you. Just consider for one minute what happens to the food chain when you mess with the bug population like that every year. Just that one single idea alone will have unintended consequences knowable and unknowable. You will immediately affect the vitality and migration of our aviary friends. You can't sustain that kind of industry in a lab alone. And still, you will be ordered by these freaks to eat bugs. How demeaning does it have to get before you say, no, fuck no, it's not going to happen. These fascist freaks are in the process of gutting our agricultural sector and reducing it to just the holdings that will feed them their protein-rich and enjoyable foods we presently enjoy. You will be allowed to buy, from them more than likely, just enough nutrition to keep you weak and non-threatening to them. With all their nonsense, we get more of what is already wrong. One of the justifications for abortion on demand and green scams, and making you eat cockroaches, is the issue of overcrowding. That's bad, right? These teeming masses crowded together with no room to live, to thrive. There are many reasons why this notion is pure bullshit. And the answers from the cult will not help. I'll just touch on two. That'll be enough. We don't have an overcrowding problem. The vast majority of America and the world's landmass is empty space. We have a planning problem. Because we have centrally located so much of our wealth in urban hellholes, that's where the majority of the population tends to live. I understand this was an evolutionary phenomenon. It was technically necessary for purposes of communication. That is no longer true. It would take decades, but as a nation, we could very easily decentralize the physical locations of wealth generation to everyone's benefit. And it wouldn't even have to be mandated. Just remove the perverse motivations companies have to be so located and the tax breaks and perks. You can move your company anywhere you want or stay where you are, but I'm not paying for it. That would include all businesses, even sports teams. Then see how long it takes for businesses to move to places where the cost of living and working is lower than, say, New York or LA. The second answer is we are not experiencing a population explosion in any other area than our numbers of illegal aliens. Not only have we gone the foolish way of previous cultures, which is to say, hey times are good, don't spoil it by having babies, we've done further irreparable damage to our healthy population growth. We've killed tens of millions of babies before they got started. And don't kid yourself. A negligible few of these were killed out of necessity. They were abortions of convenience. If you are middle-aged right now, or even young on the retired end, you will live to regret not having all those workers who would have been born in the last 50 years paying taxes and paying into Social Security. Also, We have artificially bred weak fertility into the population. By assisting couples of weak fertility to conceive, yes, of course we should, we are helping to pass along those same genes. Add to the damage lifestyle has done to our young adults, with the shit they've been eating, the docility of their upbringings, increased depression likely due to docility and empty praise in the formative years, And you have a cocktail for creating at least two generations that can't reproduce themselves. Here is just one less shocking article on the subject. Less shocking being a relative term. I'll leave a link in the text. So now we have two generations of kids, now adults, who are plagued by genetic weak fertility and environmental weak fertility. And the goddamn Davos cults want us to eat bugs, and have our newest generation eat sugary cereal instead of eggs. And here's one thing I didn't see coming. As of yesterday, 7 March, this piece was basically done. I just needed to correct typos and embed it in my substack. But tonight, Donald Trump got one over on me. As I said before, I'm not a big supporter of DJT. But when he gets it right, I am committed to say so, and tonight... He got it right. He has floated the idea of a baby bonus to encourage healthy population growth. I'm all for it, but we'll have to do more than just green light this idea. We need to get the chemicals out of our food supply. We need to raise healthier, stronger, more resilient kids. And we have to completely resurrect our agriculture and energy sectors in order to promote and support a vital young population. I've been waiting since the end of the Clinton administration for the pendulum to swing back toward a healthier, more mature, less pathetic society. Maybe it's just beginning to happen. Let's hope so. The Davos cult is not the answer to any of this. Davos is not seeking a healthy, muscular society. They seek a weak, sunken-chested, effete herd of cattle to serve them. So the first order of business to get that pendulum to swing quickly toward a strong America is the outright rejection of every single one of their ideas, now. I have a restless entrepreneurial spirit. Over the years, I've had lots of side hustles I used to bulk up my income. I drove rideshare, delivered food worked as a courier, investigated auto accidents for insurance companies. I even sold satellite dishes when they were offering 20 channels and required a degree in engineering to operate. What I liked about all those gigs was I worked when I wanted to. Sometimes I had three going at a time. I wish I had happened across this kind of a thing back then. I'd have saved thousands of miles on my vehicle and had a far easier go of it. Social sale rep is a gig workers dream. Companies are turning more and more to this type of arrangement to maintain their online presence and churn dollars and it offers a degree of anonymity to the tech assist or the salesperson who's actually doing the work and the hiring signs are out everywhere. So if you can type and be nice to people Scroll down through the transcript and click on the pick. Interesting, fun, but creepy. A strange but somewhat illuminating conversation. I sat down earlier this week to clock the buzz on ChatGPT. I'd been toying with the idea of changing the name of my other substack, the Energy Revolt. I thought this might be a topic I could run past the chat bot to see what it might say. I came away with mixed impressions about its early capabilities and what such technology portends for the future. For the sake of simplicity, in the text and the audio, I am MJ and the bot is just C. I started out with a prompt, product description, a website calling for more domestic oil and gas exploration. As a response, C. immediately says, This website seeks to educate the public on the importance of increasing domestic oil and gas exploration. We believe that domestic energy production is vital to America's economic and environmental security. By avoiding the importation of foreign oil and gas, the U.S. can reduce dependence on unstable, and then it just stops there. MJ. A good name for the website? C., American Energy Security. Also, C, a less funny name, Secure American Energy. So I said, okay, I'll bite. MJ, a funnier name. C, Drilling for Dollars. Then I said, name a protest movement with the same goals. C, Domestic Energy for America. MJ, a funnier name. C, Oil and Gas for All. At this point, I cut and pasted the earlier incomplete segment from above that the chatbot had actually created and hit the submit to prompt the bot to keep going. And he left off with the U.S. can reduce its dependence on unstable or unfriendly governments. With our poor relations with Saudi Arabia and Venezuela, how can we expect to rely on such players? We believe that domestic energy production Is the key to energy independence, and we are determined to make our voices heard. MJ, name a protest movement with the same goals. C, secure America's energy future. Very good, C says of himself. A less funny name might be domestic energy for a better tomorrow. MJ, can you make a shorter, catchier one? C, power America. So I changed the direction again a little bit. MJ, how do we combat ESG? And C says, ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance, which are three key factors businesses must consider when making decisions that affect their operations. To combat ESG issues, companies should consider implementing policies and practices that will reduce their environmental impact ensure social responsibility, and promote strong corporate governance. And I asked, what if I'm against ESG policies? And C says, if you're against ESG policies, then you may prefer to advocate for more purely economic decisions that prioritize profits over sustainability. Remember that phrase. In this case, you could join a movement focused on promoting free market capitalism and deregulation of the energy industry." And I said, at this point, I see it more as a personal liberty issue. C, if you see it as a personal liberty issue, then you may prefer to advocate for less government interference in the energy sector and more personal control over energy decisions. In this case, you could join a movement focused on promoting energy freedom and consumer choice. MJ, should people have their gas stoves taken from them? C, now C knows where I'm going here, uh, and we'll talk about that in a bit. C, no people should have their gas stoves taken from them. Gas stoves are a safe and reliable source of energy, and they should not be taken away from people without a valid reason. The conversation with ChatGPT goes on from here, but I'm going to cut it short in the interest of time. I went on to discuss other subjects with ChatGPT. We talked about lifter reactors, cars, revisiting the naming of the website. The complete interview, I guess that's what you would call it, is in the text of the post. You may want to browse the whole thing. It is interesting, especially the speed at which it created the requested essay. And my assessment at at the end covers the entire chat. My assessment of the chatbot conversation. If I had that conversation on any kind of personal level, it would have been creepy. The server seems so eager to please. I would highly recommend you never engage an AI machine on any kind of personal level. Whether you're talking about sex or trouble with your kids or finances, what you say becomes embedded in an ever-growing record on a server that lacks a human sense of nuance. At some point your mother may find out you've been cross-dressing, or your boss may find out you called him a cheap bastard. At any rate, you can bet the digits aren't going to sit there undisturbed forever. I'll start with the minutiae of what was only mildly wrong with this conversation, and then move on to why the minor stuff could indicate serious ramifications of this technology over and above your boss finding out what you think of him. The minor inaccuracies in C's points and a lot of politics, just because C was willing to let go of its default stance, for example, its GWCC beliefs, doesn't remove the fact that it is gathering information from its creators and from around the web. Much of what C sees is the same garbage we are fighting against here, but ChatGPT doesn't know what to accept or reject. C was unable to determine between the energy density of thorium versus uranium and what that means. Thorium, once bombarded with neutrons, puts out more energy per unit, but cannot be used in a reactor that would rival the output of light water reactors. They are suited for more specialized uses. Eventually, C may learn the distinction. In the meantime, on this subject, it provided skewed information. ChatGPT is also an easy conduit of propaganda. It used the phrase, prioritize benefits over sustainability. That is a greeny propaganda phrase used to discredit anyone who disagrees with their plans, even if only as a matter of degree, like people who say, hey, green energy is awesome, but we're not ready. You're going too fast. And did you notice the bot spoke in the present tense about ESG, saying, the tenants of ESG must be considered in the course of doing business? Well, at least somebody read the 4,000-page Non-Inflation Reduction Act. As this AI bot and others like it absorb information, it would be very easy to see where they become an unwitting advocate for nonsense, whether banal or dangerous. Keep in mind that the creatures like ChatGPT are not talking to an anonymous entity. It is having an actual conversation with an IP address, your IP address. If you or another member of your household do anything weird or alarming with it, you could find yourself in a world of shit. Thank you for joining us. Please use all the buttons below the audio bar. And don't forget about the gift and the book we'll be featuring as a thank you for supporting the Political Party Pooper Playbook.